0: It's about that time for some bleed Seach, the show everyone can afford to listen to. I am Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo, and it's time for a little bit of Cowboys Conversation. Yeah! And there's been a lot of news. We talked about it briefly yesterday on Around the NFL. Uh, the Cowboys had a heartbreaking loss to the Washington Redskins on Sunday, which I've taken notes of and I will give my thoughts on, but I think first and foremost, we've got to get to the elephant in the room named Amari Bleepin' Cooper. The Cowboys have traded a first-round draft pick for the former fourth overall pick. From the Raiders, Amari Cooper, a Cowboy. Eric, what were your first thoughts when you saw this breaking Bleepin' news?
1: I thought it was awesome. It was everything I wanted. It's a bye week. This is what we need. Every Everything's down in the dumps. It's going to be two weeks. We're talking about how we're three and four, and they suck. And they're terrible. Everybody blows, and Dak blows, and Jason Garrett blows, and our receivers blow. A lot of blowing going on. Thank God for Amari Cooper. Do you like Amari Cooper? Uh, As a person, yes. Great guy. Uh, Incredible guy. Questions, though, does he love the game? I know. I just think that's a bunch of bull bleep. Listen, if I was at Oakland this year, too, and we're trading away Cleo Mack, and we don't give a crap, and we got the oldest team in the league, and my quarterback's as inaccurate as it gets— and we're playing an offense from the seventies. Yeah, I'd be a little upset too if I was Mark. So Brock. Madden's quarterback. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd start to have a little disdain for the sport of football as well. I think that's fair. So I think that's a load of crap. He played it. He played it Alabama. Nick Saban never got the the feel that he didn't like football when he was doing it for free. You know what I mean, he's playing for a winning team. That's and probably Saban kind knows, of some right? fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Saban's going to play you if he thinks you're the kind of guy that doesn't and doesn't work hard, doesn't put the team first. No, no, no. I think that's a bunch of crap. If he comes in here and he's got uh, – they, they do some amount of winning, it makes it – more football becomes a lot more fun when you're winning the game. And they've been bad last year and particularly this year.
0: Very true. They have been bad. And, uh, look, as far as this move is on paper, I like it. I think Amari Cooper absolutely – is the number one receiver on the Cowboys roster without question. All of a sudden you look at it and it doesn't look that bad. You got Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Beasley's now is is true three, uh, Alan Hearns is your four. All of a sudden this receiving core really has drastically improved. I, I don't mind that. And you look at your your big three, wide receiver, Amari Cooper under twenty-five, Dak Prescott starting quarterback under twenty-five, Ezekiel Elliott starting running back under twenty-five. Uh, Obviously, you've got a young offensive line with Connor Williams, Lyle Collins, Zach Martin's in his prime. Hopefully, Travis Frederick comes back. You've got a lot of good, young pieces on this offense. Now, some people might say, well, hold up. I don't know about Dak Prescott, and and that is
1: fair. But this is going to give you an opportunity now to feel better one way or the other. No doubt.
0: It is now taking away any excuse or limiting most of the excuses that Dak and this coaching staff had of, well, he doesn't have options, well, he doesn't have weapons, well, he doesn't have an elite receiver. Now you've got that guy. Now, Amari Cooper's probably not elite, but he's still very, very good. He's had a couple of productive seasons. Um, He he has seemed to have a downward decline the last two years, but I think that is also due to just the Raiders in general, this football team he was on. My real issue is the first-round draft pick. I don't think, I, I'm not big on taking receivers in the first round unless it's a Julio Jones, an A.J. Green, an Odell Beck, a, a guy that you look at and you're like, wow, like a Calvin Johnson. Like, that's a can't-miss transformative talent. Otherwise, I'm not really big on taking receivers high in the draft. You know, second round and on, sure. But I'm not spending a first-round pick on a receiver. I just don't think it's necessary unless there's a guy staring you in the face that you say, damn, That dude I can't pass up on. And those are rarities. Amari Cooper I don't think is one of those dudes. I think he's a really good player. I don't think he's ever going to be an elite player. And for the Cowboys who have hit on first-round draft picks, man, that's just too rich for my blood. And the people that are coming out saying, well, the Cowboys had already gone ahead and locked in. They're taking a receiver with their first pick is absolute bullshit. That is completely erroneous. You're talking out of your ass. You are just making stuff up because this has happened and it seems like it fits the story. That's a complete BS, bullcrap, not true narrative. There's no way in hell a team who doesn't even have a draft board made up knows, yeah, we're taking a receiver with our first-round pick. So because the receivers in the draft class aren't that good and aren't better than Amari Cooper, we might as well expend this pick to get this guy in. Logically, I can get that, but there is no way, shape, or form that the Dallas Cowboys knew who the hell they were going to take in the first round. You don't know till the night comes unless you've got the number one overall pick. You have no idea how the board's going to fall, and I don't care if there wasn't a receiver there that you wanted. Take the best player available. If it's a defensive guy, snag that mother bleeper. Who knows what happens with Demarcus Lawrence and free agency? I mean, to me, that was an idiotic statement. In the Cowboys' history of trading first-round picks for receivers, sucks. They gave up two for Joey Galloway. Yeah, that worked out well. They gave up a one and a three for Roy Williams. Woo, that worked out great. Neither had a thousand-yard season with the Cowboys. So now here's a first rounder because we got our butts quenched a little bit because all of a sudden, uh uh-oh, the Eagles are interested. They offered a second. We offered a second. I don't know who the Raiders are going to give him to. We want him. That's our guy. We sure as hell don't want the Eagles to get him. Here's a first panic move, desperation move. Get us Amari Cooper. I hate the compensation. I like the overall addition, but to give up a first-round pick for me is way, way too rich, and that's what bothers me.
1: Well, you drafted Amari Cooper in the first round of the 2019 NFL draft. That's the Cowboys' first-round draft pick. So I don't think it's as big a deal, especially, I mean, Right now, you guys are picking, like, top 10. But if the season ends up where you guys are picking 23rd, is this the end of the world?
0: Well, so here's the here's my question for you. Well, it, it'll depend on who's there. Like, I, I, I'll be sitting there with waiting to see where the Cowboys are picking, which is now that Raiders pick, who's on the board and who they could have gotten. And we'll see. Maybe it'll end up being a, a Taco Charlton scenario where there's not really anybody great there, and they just take a guy who they deem is a safe pick in Taco. So it's not that big of a deal in hindsight, and that's fine. You don't know. But for me, right now, where I'm sitting, and I we're also draft guys, so maybe I'm more into that pick than other people are. I want my first-round pick. I want the draft to be interesting and compelling. I want that hope come April or May, whenever the hell the draft is now, and now I don't have it to look forward to. It's a bummer. But, yeah, if the pick, if the Cowboys end up, it, Amari Cooper has that kind of impact, which I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Like, does this change your opinion on the Cowboys now? Do you think he now makes them a playoff team, a division champion, because that's the only way they're getting into the playoffs? Because I don't think it does. Uh, we'll see. You know, if they're sitting there and they do end up picking in the, in the early to late 20s and the player the Raiders take, I'm not, eh, don't really care if they, the Cowboys had have gotten him or not, then yeah, not a bad move, not a big deal. But right now, today... I can't say that. I can't speak to that. I think
1: they gave up way too much. Yeah, and I get that because especially look at the Cowboys. This certainly doesn't make them a Super Bowl contender. You know what I mean? So I'm almost sort of against doing a deal like this unless it really does make you. It's like the the New England Patriots going to get Josh Gordon. Granted, they only had to give up a fifth-round pick. But still, you make a move like that, that's the kind of move that can turn the Patriots into AFC Championship team to all of a sudden being a Super Bowl team, you know, or being a Super Bowl team, now being a winning Super Bowl team. This is this move for the Cowboys, it's definitely going to help and it's going to help everything on your offense. Cole Beasley's already been really awesome for you guys, especially the last couple of weeks. It's going to open things up for him tremendously. I think Alan Hearns becomes a, I, I actually think of him as, okay, not bad now that he's not like your number one guy on the outside. Uh, this should hopefully, hopefully, especially if Dak early on can prove that he can push the ball a little bit to Amari, this can soften those boxes for Ezekiel Elliott, you know, and then, and then now the offense is moving and grooving because we obviously know that's the thing that needs to happen, but it's not going to change the fact that Jason Garrett is still the head coach and those decisions are still going to get made at the end of the game when you have one timeout in 59 seconds and. You're at the whatever yard line, and you decide to just waste it and settle for three, and you miss the field goal. Those kind of decisions are still going to get made. So Amari Cooper is not changing that. But the good news is is your defense is very, very good. I mean, all you need is your offense not to have Dak fumble the ball and give up a touchdown. It really
0: seems like they the just game. need to put up 20 points. If they get to 20 points, they've got, in my opinion, an 80% chance or better of winning the game with how good that defense has been.
1: Well, and if Dak just didn't give them seven points yesterday... Fair point. ...or on Sunday, yeah. then the defense... Then the offense only needs to score, like, 14 points to win the game. And so, um, from from that perspective, like, it's, it's certainly going to help. Now, is Dak going to be able to see Amari Cooper open when he is open? that's certainly a question Michael Gallup. because there were some guys open yeah michael gall namely um there was a handful of plays where man dak if you're just a little bit more patient or if you just look the other direction or if you just wait for the guy to come open he's not open now but if you wait one tick of the it's gonna he's gonna come open and he doesn't anticipate anybody coming open and so that's all problematic now the good thing about amari cooper is he's not the jump ball des bryant guy who doesn't create any separation, and Dak just has to trust that he's... No, no, no. This is the kind of guy that he is a really good route runner. He will create space from defenders, and that's the exact kind of guy that Dak wants and needs because he needs to see that you're wide open before he's going to rip it to you. Yeah, and, and, and I do agree with
0: that. The one thing about Amari Cooper, and this is uh, something that people were running Des out of town for, is he does have a case of the drops. He does, Amari Cooper does no drop doubt. the football.
1: Absolutely. He he will do that. There's going to be times where you're like, holy crap, that was just the easiest thing, and he dropped it. But I think he, he himself is far better than any receiver on that roster, and I think his down year or two is less to do with him than it is to do with the team he was on and the quarterback that he had. So I think you guys got a really good player. Uh, it's going to help determine whether or not Dak is good enough um, because you have Dak under contract. Right now for this season and next season, I'm pretty sure. Yes. So, same with Amari Cooper. You have him for the rest of this year and you have him for next year. So, let's see how it goes. You give Dak a really good receiver. Can he do something with it? And that's a question that needs to be answered. And now it's one way or the other. It's, uh, okay, Dak can't do it. Or, hey, you know, we gave him this guy. And it showed Dak can be a little bit more... I don't think that's the case. If you ask me personally, I don't think Dak's the guy. I think that's pretty. You're you're out on Dak Prescott. I'm out on Dak Prescott unless you're telling me you have a coach on the sidelines that is similar to a Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, who's smart and innovative and offensive and knows how to gear an offense and, and help his quarterback scheme things open for him, make things easier on him. Uh, That's not Jason Garrett. And so with that being said, Dak's not the guy. Yeah, so I'll, I'm not giving up on Dak uh, okay. because,
0: and a big reason is people want to, you know, ridicule a guy, especially being the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you are under a microscope. I mean, being a quarterback in general, you're going to be scrutinized, and probably, I'd say, the majority of the time, unfairly. A lot of it and and everything is magnified like i just said but for dak there are certainly things he needs to improve on i'm not trying to say he's been great there's been times he's been bad uh but he he definitely is in my opinion still a top half quarterback in the league like the dude is still i think a winner he's number 16 he's never okay sure whatever fine uh, I think the guy has a lot that you can you can utilize to your advantage. I love when he's running the football, this team can be really, really good. And that hit that he took along the sidelines, I thought, really had a ripple effect on the entire game. You had a few times. So Dak takes off for a 22-yard run in that first drive. Gets called back for a Connor Williams hold. It might have been Tyron Smith hold on that play. Killer. Drive killer. Kills the drive. And Dak did not really take off and run again until that play. He's trying to get a first down along the sidelines. He gets cracked. Gets checked out for a
1: concussion. Romo over-exaggerated that, by the way. I don't know if you heard his call. Yeah, I did. I went back and watched the game. Also, Romo, I, you're right. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's a one-year wonder. Maybe maybe it's just a sophomore slump. I don't know what it is. But I I, I wasn't crazy about his call either. mm uh, on Sunday, and in that moment in particular, he starts going. I'm like, "Are you seeing something?" I'm, oh, he's concussed. He's, oh, he's done. He doesn't, he's know, out where he he doesn't is. know where he is. Oh, he's done. He's out of here. Yeah. He did not know what the hell's going on. And I'm going, "Oh my God, what? What?" And, and I'm looking at it. It's like, dude, he took his shoulder to the face. Calm down. It wasn't so, helmet to helmet. No, it wasn't.
0: It was a shoulder to the helmet. And after that, the the dude doesn't run. The dude didn't run, and I don't know if that's because you know now he's been hit and he's trying to be careful, or if the the coaching staff on the sidelines said we're not putting you in this position anymore. They did not call any designed runs. They completely took that aspect out of the game, and I think that that is a killer. It is essential for Dak Prescott to use what sets him apart from other quarterbacks, and that is his mobility and his ability to run the football. Not only does it add splash plays to the offense, it helps take some pressure off of Zeke, because on those plays, you don't know who's getting the ball. We've now got to account for four. Is Dak going to keep it? Oh, crap. He did. Let's tackle him. Now he's 20 yards down the field. Well, shoot, we thought it was going to Zeke. Now it's, all right, we're going to defend Zeke. Oh, Dak's got it again. Oh, well, I don't know what to do. Let's defend Dak. Oh, now Zeke's got it. it just It helps, and it helps the play action. And they weren't able to get the running game going at all. And I'll tell you what, folks. As much as we want to bash Dak Prescott... Ezekiel Elliott had a crappy football game. Ezekiel Elliott did not play well. He sucked in pass protection. He looked like a crybaby powder on the sideline, lacked energy, lacked enthusiasm, did not look engaged in the football game whatsoever. And we need Ezekiel Elliott to be the emotional leader of this football team. You had it with Des Bryant. And if Des Bryant was going to sit pouting on the sideline, guess what everybody's going to be talking about on Monday morning?
1: Des Bryant. Yes.
0: But for some reason, Ezekiel Elliott wants to get a pass. Well, I'm not giving it to you, Zeke. I expect more from you, Mr. Fourth Overall Draft Pick. You're the best bleeping player on this bleeping roster, and I need your ass to come out there, rally the troops, fire everybody up. You know the one time we've really seen Zeke do that? Pregame against the Detroit Lions. And what ended up happening? He had a career afternoon, and the Cowboys won the football game. I need you bringing the juice. You're on the road. You're desperate for a win. There's first place in the division on the line, and you're playing the hated Redskins. I don't need you sitting like you've lost the game on the sideline, crying to yourself
1: with halfway to go in the second quarter, acting like this is a defeated moment. No, I would feel defeated if I'm a running back and I'm and I'm every time I'm getting the ball, I have nowhere to go and I'm getting crushed in the backfield. I'm, I'm taking these brutal hits constantly. I have nowhere to go. If I'm telling you, I thought to myself early in the game, if I'm like, man, if I'm Ezekiel, I am pissed right now, dude because I have nowhere to go, I'm getting crushed every single time my offensive line is doing nothing for me. and I I don't know what you expect a guy to do who's got nowhere to go. Now the pass protection stuff, I hear you. He got he got thrown on one play. It was it was actually hysterical. He went flying across my screen at one point and I was baffled. I don't know what, I don't know who it was, who who did this to him, but it was something that would be illegal if it was done anywhere else other than a football field. Ezekiel should be embarrassed about that. But I don't know what you want the guy to do in terms of running the ball. He's got nowhere to go. They couldn't block the Redskins. I don't know if the I Redskins— I disagree with you. The Redskins' front seven No, must the Redskins' be defensive
0: best. line is good. Oh, my God. I mean, they've, They're they've, unbelievable. They dipped well, it's into Alabama. the Alabama well. It's literally exactly. Alabama's yeah. defensive
1: line, so I, I hear you. No,
0: there were plays that I'm looking, and it seems like there's a crease and a hole, and is, Zeke's running the other way. He's not cutting back. He didn't seem like he was hitting the hole hard. It was not the Ezekiel Elliott that we've come to expect. There was something about him— and I'm with you. The offensive line didn't have a good game. When I mean, Connor Williams had way too many penalties, Tyrant Smith God, had some penalties. Connor Williams, there was issues too. All annoyed. the way to go around. I don't like him. You don't like Connor Williams? There's something it's just about he's so him. So
1: tiny looking. He's so small looking. He looks like a long And snapper. I just don't like his face, and I just think he's. I just think he's a it's little annoying. bit of a. Wow, I that said is it. harsh. I said it.
0: That is harsh. Connor Williams is a. Wow. I'm not going to go that far. I think he's young and has upside, but he's certainly struggling right now.
1: I think he's young, and his downside is that he's a. P- mm. That is rude.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to go that far, but I expect more from UZ Hill Elliott and this offensive line. Bad. the The notion that it's the best in football is a complete.
1: Oh my God, is people still saying that? Yeah, people still say that because they're living off of four years ago. Holy God, it's so far from the best in the league. Those those days are over. That's why you're seeing this Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott needs perfection around him, personnel-wise or schematically. That's your problem. Dak Prescott can't win you a shootout game. No. Dak Prescott can't take the one every couple of years let's say you have general perfection around you with coaching and personnel. You're going to have years where guys get injured. You're going to have years where your defense isn't that good. You're going to have years where your running game isn't that great. Dak Prescott's not the guy that you say, oh, but we got Dak. He can win us some games. We'll be all right. If we get down our defense, screw, you know, Tony Romo and Peyton Manning going at it. our defense sucks and it's 48 to 45. No, 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 Romo can't do that. Romo, or I mean, Prescott can't hang in that game. Yeah. Dak has not
0: proven that he's uh He's capable of that, but it's just also—I mean, this offense is—they're trying to turn him into a pocket quarterback and run this system that it's just not his style. Like they're just—he's getting the coaching staff is by far the biggest problem.
1: Well, what is they're his so style?
0: inconsistent week to week. His style is that is, is basically have a great a college game, style have offense, incredible very similar to line. what Kansas City is doing. Look, in an interview last season, Dak said the offense that he wants to run. Is very similar to what Kansas City and what Carolina are doing, and that's the style that he needs—a combination of the two: a read option, play action, roll out, get it. I mean, he made some throws that were pretty damn impressive in that game. The third down play to Beasley, that of course got called back for a penalty late in that football game, was a freaking rocket through two for a lot for, through a linebacker and a safety. It's not like Dak can't throw; like it, get, it gets completely overblown because the Cowboys lose a game and Dak has a couple of bad plays here and there, and I get that. Like, the guy's not perfect, but I think we're over-exaggerating that the dude just sucks completely. He does not. He still makes plays in the fourth quarter. He put that team in a position to come back and tie it and send it to overtime. It's not his fault that they lost that game. It's not his fault. Oh, I disagree Every single play that Dak made got called back for a penalty in that football game. The run for 20-plus yards, probably the biggest run of the day, called back. Any big pl- pass play he had gets called back for holding. Has a couple of throws to move the chains on third downs. Earns drop. Rico gathers. I don't know what the hell he was doing. I, there might have been some incidental contact, maybe some interference. Doesn't get called. There were a lot of things in there, and Dak came back with the cojones in the fourth quarter to put that team in a position to win.
1: Is he flawed? Without a doubt. Who you going to get that's better? He gave them six points. And he left at least five plays on the field where there's open receivers.
0: Definitely one. Definitely one. There probably are more. The if, if I can play get the all 32 is one The Gallup is sure. the one I'm thinking there's for sure.
1: The, there's the third down towards the end of the game where Beasley's wide open on a slant and Romo even calls it out. You got to get that. Yeah. Beasley's the, the number one option on that play. He's open here. You got to hit it. And he doesn't. He throws it to freaking Schwame or Jarwin, and the ball, it's incomplete. Obviously. And then there's another time down down inside Redskins territory. He's got two go routes, one down the seam, one down the side, that both end up coming open and he doesn't he throw to any of he,
0: he ran for about fifteen yards. And
1: then he's got Ezekiel Elliott on a flare route, which probably wouldn't have gone anywhere anyway, and it's three yards in front of Ezekiel Elliott. This is towards the end of the game. I mean he, he is trying to elite lead, lead Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, and he and he leads him just generally too far. That's a nine yard pass. Yeah. So these are just plays out there that that kill you. Now, granted, he's not getting help schematically, but you can tell from even Jason Garrett doesn't trust him. He gets up at the podium and talks about how he trusts him all the time. Well, if you did, at the end of the game there, you wouldn't have curled up in a ball and said, no, 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 we're going to settle for the 47 or whatever yard field well, that's goal.
0: That's the Garrett way of doing things. No,
1: if you have a quarterback that you trust, you go up there and you freaking take a shot. Yeah, he
0: wasn't even doing that with Tony Romo until Tony Romo was eight years in. And Romo just basically would say, F off. I've got this now. Well, I mean, Dak Prescott is in his third year. There's a reason he was a fourth-round draft pick. He's certainly flawed. He's not a pocket passer. He needs to improve as a passer. We've said that all along. But you can win games with Dak Prescott. And this team is not doing him any bleeping favors. Another thing is, why can't you run any freaking drag routes? Run something. and, And with Ezekiel Elliott, like anything they do, and Ezek checks himself out. Because all his routes are, unless he's lining up in the slot, which you know what he's going to do, it's an out and up. They tried to hit it again for a touchdown late in that game because it worked once against the Lions. Let's go back to it, but let's put Zeke on the other side. And it was there. They just didn't execute it well. But all Zeke does is just run a little play into the flats. That's all we're doing. Oh, we're just going to, oh, just have him out wide. Just put him out there. Be creative with him. Look at how Todd Gurley's being used with the Rams. Like, just have Zeke run a wheel route. Have Zeke just run a a little in, turn around in the middle of the field, just wait for the ball. Have him be right in front of Dak three or five yards down the field. If there's nothing there, just give it to him and let him try and pick up five yards. Next thing you know, it's a 20-yarder because Zeke's that kind of play. But the Cowboys have slow developing routes down the field that you have to rely on a good offensive line to give you that protection for them to come open, and the Cowboys don't have it right now. They have no safety valves. They have no players or routes being called that are just, all right, this is what I can do. If, if I'm in trouble and I need to get the ball out, I've got this. This is my guy. This is my guy to just get the ball out of my hands and try and make a play. You need that. Dak has nobody to look at when things are going poorly. People are saying he needs to get the. he's holding the ball too long. Sure he is. But the reason he's holding the ball too long is his receivers are 12 to 20 yards down the field
1: Nothing's coming open. What do you want him to do? Sometimes they are coming open, though. That's Sometimes they I are. Do I do want to say, but also, and you're right about this, to his defense, they constantly throw out two tight ends, three tight ends. They're doing six seven-man protections, running two or three guys out in a route. Like, dude, you get you can't do that. Garrett and Linahan. I don't understand. Like you, you're going to get Amari Cooper right now. Are you still going to run out a bunch of tight ends? Are you still going to do two receivers and two tight ends? No, dude. You guys now have three pretty studly receivers. When you think about Amari Cooper, Beasley, and the way Gallup it seems to be improving on a on a week to week basis, like the dude is gonna he, he seems to be a hit. So, wow. That's that's three stud receivers. I hope to see them on the field constantly. I hope to see Hearns in there with them too. I don't want to see so much Jarwin and Swaim, eight-man protections. No, and you're better off spreading the field. Give me a freaking break. I, exactly. We need Zeke on the field, and we need now our four best receivers on the field. And, and run, out a run out of shotgun. Run out of shotgun. Yes. Make these teams go into nickel, dime, and then run on them. Make these Corners tackle Ezekiel Elliott. Yes. Don't go freaking two tight end, three tight end. I got all my linebackers in the game now. I'm ready to stop the run. Come on.
0: I agree 100%. Who's the best team in football right now, Eric? Oh, it's the Rams. Okay. The Rams run a three-wide receiver formation 96% of their snaps.
1: They're always lining up in it. Always. That's saying something. That's what I said. We talked about it before. Garrett, well, I don't These guys think they're offensive. They're so stuck on their stuff. Cheat, go copy. It's a copycat league. I want the Chiefs offense. I want to see all the stats, all the tendencies of Sean McVay, and I want to do exactly that. Oh, on the third play of the game last week, he ran. Okay, I'm going to run the ball here. Okay, on the sixth play, <laughs> he had three receivers. He ran a fake handoff, and he threw it to the – Okay, we're doing – I would run the – I would do exactly that. Yeah. Jason freaking Garrett.
0: Yeah, I'm so out on Garrett and Linehan and uh, you're 100% right. Here's the the Glass Half Full is this is a very young football team. Especially on the defensive side of the ball, they're only going to get better. You hit on worse. You hit
1: on Vander Esch. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm not going to say you hit on Connor Williams. I'm not there yet.
0: No, I'm not there yet either. I still think the 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 kid's got some talent. Uh, It was just a really bad game for him. Really bad game.
1: Now, even looking ahead to next year, you got three really good receivers, and Beasley's been awesome. I mean, Beasley's Beasley's been the freaking man. But Beasley can't be your guy. No. Now, now you take coverage away from him. And you get the development of Gallup ne- going into next year. You feel great about your top three receivers. Yes, you feel great. Now you need a tight end. Yep. You need a new coach. Yep, and you need a new quarterback. Let's uh, go win some football.
0: I'll hold on to Dak for now. I'd like to see him with a new coaching staff. Like I really don't think we can we can just run Dak out of town until one. You get me a quarterback that I can. That's better than him. I'm not. You know, quarterbacks don't grow on trees here. I don't, you can say you don't want Dak Prescott. Who the hell are you going to get?
1: No, listen, I'm with you. He's cheap right now. You just got him a bona fide number one. Let's ride out the year, and unless he just completely falls apart, and good God, I can't stand to watch him, let's go into next year with Dak, and then that's as far as we can see it. And then point. we
0: hope that Breeze and Peyton win the Super Bowl, Breeze retires, and Sean Payton comes home to Dallas. Here
1: comes Sean. Listen. I wouldn't be upset about it. That would be 10 times better than what's there now. I do think it's funny, and I thought about this, how on Sunday you have your Jason Garrett, Dallas Cowboys, conservative as hell. At the end of the game, they fall on their face. You wake up Monday morning. The Dallas Cowboys are as aggressive as it gets, and they go and (laughs) blow a first-round pick on Amari Cooper. It's amazing how... In 24 hours, you go from being the most conservative team in football to being the most aggressive team in football, and that shows you the disconnect between the head coach and the front office.
0: Yeah, that is very true. I think moral of the story, Cowboys roster is forming. It's got a lot of young and -and up-and-coming studs. But, Jerry's still out on the quarterback, but this coaching staff, namely everybody on the offensive side of the ball, Garrett, Linehan, get the heck out of town and then they're good. What about Sanjay Lyle? I don't really care I can't speak to the position groups. I mean, come on maybe Sanjay's doing an okay job there's not much that they can do whoever's gone the plays and drawn this stuff up week to week, the lack of consistency is maddening this team's going to go eight and freaking eight again and throw up vomit, disgusting, we're going to have to sit through it the whole year, all I can do is hope Jerry Jones, who has canceled his media obligations throughout the DFW this week, is starting to boil over, and he just sees nightmares of Red Jay and is thinking to himself, "Get me Sean Payton. Oh, I my. want Sean Payton." Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm seething. Walchukum, uh, seething. See the way, Jerry. See the way. We are the No Split Seats Podcast. Zach Walchuk alongside Eric Chiaffalo. That has been today's Cowboys Conversation. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Take care of each other. We love you. Rate us. Five stars. Subscribe. Apple Podcast. No Split Seats Podcast. Also available on Blog Talk Radio. Hugs and hand pounds, everybody. Come boys.